Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I am intentionally encouraged when I see people doing business the right way. And for the last 15 years, Damon Burton and his team at SEO National have done just that. Now you might say, Brian, what can they do for me and my business? I'm going to tell you what they can do for you. They can help you understand search engine optimization. There are a lot of players out there in the marketplace, but you want a team of people that are going to be dedicated to working with you and helping you to understand search engine optimization and how you can show up higher on search engines so that you can bring more revenue into your business. Damon and his team are full of integrity, honesty, decency, and trust. And if that's important to you and that encourages you, I would encourage you to give them a call today at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get a free quote and tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Get ready for a dynamite conversation coming up right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Hey, I have got a podcaster, stay-at-home dad. He is the host of My Dad, I'm Dad. And it is we're going to get into parenting and fatherhood and, and a lot of different stuff with my friend Doug Dorda, who joins me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Doug, what's good? How you doing? Oh, well, you know, today, my my little one, she's almost 17 months old, and my dog, who is an 80-pound bull in a china shop, uh, they weren't exactly seeing eye-to-eye, or they were seeing too closely eye-to-eye, uh, if that makes sense, and they really gave me a run for my money. So, yeah. I I had a day. I had a day. And before we came down here to, to actually sit down and record the podcast, I thought to myself, like, man, I need about 10 minutes 10 minutes to just kind of re-gear the perspective because I mostly talk to somebody who babbles at me and somebody who stares at me with wanton eyes and just wants food or just wants to go outside yeah. all day. Yeah. Until well, that could, that could be your toddler as well, too. They could stare at you and just either want to go outside or want food. So, I mean, listen, being the dad of a 22-year-old, I, I get it. I, I totally get it. <laughs> Is that when it kind of returns in the cycle where that's all they want to do? Well, they yeah, they still want food. Eat. Yeah, they'll stay. Yeah. yeah, they'll stay up all night and they want food. So, you know, <laughs> but but the good thing is with the 22-year-old, you can drift off to sleep. They really do not care. It's like, you know, whatever. Just go to bed, old people. You know, oh, whatever I you thought want. about today. I, I literally just thought I, she, I had her sitting next to me on the couch. We were reading a book. I was like, man, it would be so nice to nap right now. Just a just a twenty minute just a twenty minute thing, but then I know I would wake up and either sh- it would be like Lord of the Flies in my house and she would now be in control, total and complete control, yeah. or she and the dog would have had a Braveheart esque battle, one you know, like a, a fight to the death, and they, that could that that may or may not have resulted in a trip to the emergency room. <laughs> it would have been an absolute guarantee. She is a savant <laughs> at hurting herself. She's phenomenal at it. Yeah. No, th- th- it's good, man. It's 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 good. By the way, you've got man, I, uh, you've got a great set of pipes yourself. Man. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm a little envious here, you know. No, 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 no. You shouldn't be envious because you've got a phenomenal set yourself. You know, if if I'm gold, you're brass, or vice versa. Uh, so it's it's very nice to be able to hear that type of thing. But thank you for the compliment, and I received these uh, as a gift from my father, and 
he sounded remarkably similar to this. Not exact, not precisely the same. Um, people like to say, you know, especially those that knew him and know me, that I'm a little more polished with my words and I deliver things a little more loquaciously, as it were. Uh, but my dad was bigger, boomier, bassier, and... The fact that I have this voice is part of the reason that I started podcasting in general. Um, part, you know, a very small part of the, the pie graph, if you were going to put that out there. The other larger part is the fact that that dad who gave me that gift and so many other gifts, and I talk about them in my show, passed away two days after my daughter was born. And it's, it was such a, a rambunctiously life-changing experience for me that all occurred simultaneously. And I, I thought about that, the upcresting wave of new life joy and the absolute meteoric crash of losing the person who you immediately, the moment you know you're going to have a child, I would love this child to have a relationship with my father because he, especially around kids, around babies, he was just a, a miracle of a human being. And he could make you feel so special and so wonderful. And anything you wanted to do was the most wonderful thing in the world just because you wanted to do it and he was going to help you do it. So I thought a long time about that. Now, he also dealt with dementia for a few years before he, he passed. Mm. And that's another thing that just kind of layers in there. But him going while my daughter arrived... After about nine months of dealing with that whirlwind of emotion that was constantly there, I finally decided I would like the world to know my dad, my daughter to know my dad for who he was, not who he was at the end, not who he was in the last few years, not the unfortunate things that occurred in that last six, seven year cycle of his life, but who he was and the spectacular things that he did. Because just because he was an ordinary man, he was a he was an all-purpose mechanic. Doesn't mean he wasn't my superhero. Yeah. My my totemic figure, my hero. And that's wonderful and that's worth celebrating. So that's what I tried to do. Introduce people in the world to my father, because I can't believe I still can't believe he's gone. I still think of him every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish he had a relationship with my kid. I really do, but I can help her have a relationship with him by telling these stories. Well, in, in, in a lot of ways, Doug, I did the same thing with my dad when I wrote my book, People Buy From People, two years. In fact, I released my book on the anniversary of my father's death, on the eighth anniversary of his death. And I was going to take a moment that was typically, at some point of the day, sad, and turn it into a celebration of legacy and things like that. And I love where I love what you said about let's go here for a minute. You talk about your dad being a multi-purpose mechanic. And obviously knowing a little bit of having spent some time in in the heavy duty truck world being around people that that had that gift and it really is a gift that those people have that they're tremendous, that they just have a mind that works differently than everybody else's. What are some tools you feel like your dad left you? Because a mechanic is only as good as his tools, right? So what kind of tools did you feel like your dad left you that you're now sharing with the world about him? <laughs> oh, let me, let me just 
roll my shoulders out. That was a fantastic question, by the way. You're very good at interviewing. Thank you. Uh, he left me this. He left me this voice. Not just my voice, but an understanding of what is special. And and the fact that the, the most mundane thing can be the most beautiful thing in the world if you look at it through the right lens. Now, I use different words than he did. But that doesn't matter because the intent is always the exact same. He taught me how to talk to people. He taught me how to have the type of conversation where you have a back and forth and you allow somebody to explain who they are and you can quickly take the measure of a person and allow them to feel comfortable and extraordinary within moments. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of people on the planet do that. And he did it spectacularly. And he got that by being an all-purpose mechanic. You know, he had to go to multiple different places uh, in, in an average workday. Very often he would be working on high lows in the Metro Detroit area. So you have to be able to kind of instantly ingratiate yourself into a place, make people feel comfortable with who you are. Yep. And you make them understand that you're here to help them. And you're not just some shrifter in off the street. Not that that was very common when he was doing that, you know, seventies, eighties, nineties into the thousands, but that was what he did. I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve you, I'm here to make sure that you can do exactly what you need to do. And I want you to feel wonderful while I do it. And he gave me that. He also gave me a wonderful sense of adventure. And I want to, you know, make it clear that my mom was uh, hand in hand, the yin to the yang in this yeah. equation. You know, it's just that my dad is gone. So he's the one who gets more of, uh, or more of my talking energy right now, because I can actually still talk with her. I can't talk with him anymore. So yeah. I try to remember him so that I can learn from him. He also gave me the ability uh, <laughs> to appreciate small tasks accomplished. And that's one of my favorite things. For instance, the last episode of my first season of my show is all about mowing the lawn. And it seems so mundane. Like, why, why would I talk about mowing the lawn in relation to my father passing away and my daughter now being 16 months old? Well, it's simple. I can't get a lot done in a day. Yeah. I can't do a lot in a day, but I can mow the lawn and I can make it look perfect and I can get it done and it can be zipped up and beautiful in about an hour. And I can appreciate that task and that task well done. And he gave that to me in spades. He taught me how to fish, taught me how to appreciate the wilderness, taught me how to stand in a breeze and close my eyes and just listen to the sound of that or watch a fire and see things to watch clouds. These all seem like esoteric concepts, but as somebody who was an enormous, bold personality, it was kind of in juxtaposition to what a lot of people would have assumed he enjoyed about the world. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. Prices are going up by the day. We've got to find ways to increase our household revenue. Now, a couple ways you could do that is, one, you could go and ask your boss for a raise, but if that doesn't work, I've got another way for you. It's my friend Joe Hart's program called Products for Profit. Joe's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourage podcast and told his story about how learning retail arbitrage changed his life, and he's been helping thousands of people change theirs. Now, retail arbitrage is simply this. It's taking a product and buying it and then reselling it online for a higher price, and you keep the profits. And guess what? Amazon and Walmart use third-party resellers every day to fulfill their customer orders. I want you to go to productsforprofit.com or productsforprofit.com. 
C-A-R-R-D dot C-O. Get connected to Joe's team. Tell him you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast and start making money today with products for profit. And now let's get back to more great conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Yeah. But those were his favorite things. Yeah. And those things are far and away when when people are reminiscing about dad and they compare me to him ever it's usually about that stuff we talk similarly we like to make people feel special Mm -hmm. because they are everyone is and we really revel in tiny moments it doesn't surprise me though that your dad was an it was an internal thinker an introverted thinker because a lot of times with with mechanics people that are technically minded i'll say they have a lot of time in their thoughts right i'm trying to get this done you know the 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 blocking and tackling if you will if i can use that terminology the blocking and tackling is the same i am changing out let's say you're 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 changing out a starter in your car okay I know the mechanics part of I have to unbolt these four bolts. I have to drop the starter. I have to lay it aside. I have to get the new starter out of the box. I have to bolt the starter back up in. I have to hook the wires back up to the battery cable. The mechanics of that is I've done this 10,000 times. I can do it, as people say, I can do it in my sleep. I would have to think, Doug, and I want to go here for a second with you. I would have to think that it's not a coincidence that your dad showed you how to stand and watch the clouds, look at the fire, kind of see, seeing the forest from the trees, so to speak, because the repetition part is do this in my sleep like i just said i can do this in my sleep where is my mind going as i'm doing these things i've always done and i would have to think and and if if i'm if i'm saying this incorrectly or going in in a different direction please bring me back to the right direction but i would have to think that in some way you train your mind to go places while you're doing the mundane routine things. Do you get a sense that that's where your dad learned to take in a lot of these different things in those times where he was doing those tasks and basically just being alone in his thoughts while he was doing something he'd done thousands of times before? Oh, I I imagine one 1,000%. He had a very... He had a very analytical mind and he had a very, he had a very literal personality, but that didn't mean that the gears weren't always clicking up here. And another reason that I love stories and I love spoken word is that he, he spent a lot of time listening to talk radio while he would drive us to school or while he would drive to work. And it annoyed the, the ever loving piss out of me when I was a kid, because why wouldn't we be listening to music, right? Or why wouldn't we be listening to something that was spoke more to me? And there was this guy and Paul Harvey, and he, it was always his tagline was, and that's the rest of the story. And it seems so mundane and droll to me. 
but he would just, you could see that he was elsewhere while doing that thing because driving is another one of those tasks that you accomplish a million yeah. times in your life and you don't think about it much, even though it is, <laughs> it could kill you. If you do it wrong, it could yeah. kill you right now, but it, you would just drift off. And he passed that on to me as well. I am a huge fan of audiobooks. Podcasts are essentially audiobooks of, you know, very minutiae subjects. And I do the same when I'm out walking with my daughter or when I'm out walking with my dog. I take these things in and I can passively and passively yet actively engage with the story while actively being present with my family. Uh, you know, until Maxine wants to talk to me and, mm -hmm. and then that will be a different story. But 100%, he would, he would think about things. He was a massive uh, fisherman and outdoorsman, and I'm sure he was always cooking up, we're going to go up north, and I will fish here, and maybe I'll use this lure, and maybe this time I'm going to go for this. And, oh, oh, maybe I'll do some big water fishing. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll go for walleye. What am I going to do for dinner tonight? You know, all of those, those yeah. types of thoughts. And he also passed that on to me. He passed on a lot of his good traits and unfortunately some of his negative traits. I can get very frustrated very fast uh, in much the same way that he could and it can change me real fast and I don't appreciate that and I actively try to work on it all the time and so did he in his later years. Yeah. But you're right on the money. That, that mechanic's mind, he could do what he could do and he did it exceptionally well but he was always thinking about the things that he'd love to do. What he did made him money. What he loved to do made him feel rich in his heart, especially when it pertained to hanging out with us uh, as, as a family, my brother, uh, my sister, and my mom. Yeah, and, and you know, Doug, I tell people all the time, and I'm, and I'm really thankful we're having this conversation because I tell people, and, and, and I said it in my book, my dad was the one that taught me how to have conversations from an early age. My dad would quiz me on different subjects, you know, um, growing up a sports fan like I am, you know, um, we didn't, my dad didn't fish, but anything with a ball, we did football, basketball, baseball, golf, whatever that, that was what, and, and, and it made me develop the the it made me develop the skill to put together a rational thought and and be able to articulate it in such a way like we're doing on on this podcast and having this conversation when you think about the episodes that you've done in your podcast is there a story that you have told about your dad that surprised you that 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 it came out of you because here's why I ask that I find myself going back to deep recesses of things I thought I had forgotten years ago that happened in my relationship with my dad and much like you I I have a lot of my dad's character I told people for years it's why I wear contact lenses and a beard because if I shaved and put glasses on I look like my dad and I tried <laughs> being the firstborn of of three and the only male child that my parents had it's like you you know you're trying to be your own man you're trying to have your own personality and style do you did you do have you found yourself telling a story that you forgot 
that you remembered, but but something triggered inside of you and you go, man, I forgot about that until just now. You know, not to toot my own horn, but I have a phenomenal memory. Um, yeah. Like an uncanny memory. And I think it's because my dad instilled in me that appreciation for small moments. Yeah, now, I'm we're not similar saying, in, that, in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't remember everything, but in the stories that I tell in the show all tie into how Maxine's development kind of reminds me about something that dad did in his life and how those things can apply to me as a parent. It was a tough line to walk because each of the episodes in my first season were only about 15 minutes. I tried to make it like very consumable and very direct and right to the point, but also emotional. And it's not necessarily the stories that I told, because I even knew I would, I would tell, like, I, I waited until I think it was the seventh episode to, to, to explain a story where my dad pushed me way too far, where he knew I was terrified of sharks, and he coerced these people that had me parasailing over a bay uh, to dip me, even though he knew it would terrify me, and I was, I was like, in, in hysterics. I was so scared. Uh, and that was awful. And it's just something that I knew I had to tell about my dad because I wanted everybody to know. It's, I'm not sitting here saying that he was the perfect human being. He was not. But because he could acknowledge those things in later years and say like, ah, oh, that maybe wasn't the best idea. Like, oh, cool. He gave me permission to do that in my own life. Yeah. When I make a mistake, I can tell people, man, that was not my best hour. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. I want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more or call him directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourage podcast. And I got to imagine I'll make several mistakes with Maxine and hopefully they're not uh, large or, or immense, but to a child of roughly 12, when that happened to me, that was one of the worst transgressions a parent could have possibly committed against me. Yeah. And I know I'm lucky because there are way worse things that parents have done with children and way worse things that people have endured. You know, I'm not saying it's, it's the worst, but it just, for me personally, that was terrible at the time. But you know something, here's the thing, Doug, and and, and, I, and I'll say this. I I totally get what you're saying about, you know, some of the things. My dad did the same thing to me. My dad did did different things to with me than he did with my sisters. My dad would put me in uncomfortable situations as far as speaking in front of people or singing in front of people or hey, I know you can do this, so you're going to do this, and it's going to be okay. And 
You know, my, my dad told me years later, and, and, and we'll go we'll go here because I want to piggyback off of what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. My dad told me years later, he said, I made some mistakes with you that I don't want to see you make with your son. You know, I pushed you in some areas. I was probably harder on you than I should have been because my dad came to me one day and he was like, you're too hard on your son. I think my, I think he was nine or 10 years old. He's like, you're too hard on him. What do you mean? I'm too hard on him. I'm just doing what you did to me. He's like, yeah, but I was too hard on you. I'm like, nice thing to tell me now when I'm like 36 yeah. or 37, you know, I wish Great. I had known Good this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It'd been nice to have known like 20 or 25 years ago, but it, it's the, I love where you're going with this, Doug, because it's the depth of time, even though our dads are not here. And I, and I think the same thing, you know, my son was playing high school basketball. I can't tell you how many nights I wish my dad were sitting in the stands. When my son played high school baseball, I can't tell you how many nights I wish my dad were in the stands. But you, you can't do that. But I think that everything my dad did, even though it was a mistake in the moment, it turned out to be not a mistake. It actually turned out to be great for me. I see so many parallels between you and I in, in the lives that that we've led as men. What do you think your dad would think of your podcast? Have you ever stopped it? And what? And it, and is there one question? If you if you could bring your dad back for five minutes, is there one question you've been dying to ask him since he's been gone that you haven't that you would love to ask him? There's there's one easy answer to that question. If my dad were alive today, if I could bring him back for five minutes, and he were he were with us, and I had one additional thing that I could do, you know, if dad were were around, I would just simply say, "Hey, can you hug the family?" That's it. That it's as simple as that. I lost my father. My brother lost his best friend. My wife lost her, or my wife lost her father-in-law. My daughter lost her grandfather. My sister lost her father. My my mom lost her husband. And just one final time of him hugging us the way that he would hug us, because he'd always hug you and he'd look you right in the eyes and he'd kiss you right on the lips. Didn't matter. It just, I love you. And he, and he looked at you like, you must understand how much I mean this. And if he could do that, especially with my daughter, that would be great. But I also want that for everyone else. Cause my family is, you know, larger and broad. And I really, really want that. Now, before we go on to the question about what do you think he would, uh, or what do I think he would think about the podcast? You had, you know, previously we had been talking about, is there any story that kind of surprised me? No, but being a parent now and talking about my dad's life through the lens of a now parent who was his son, what surprised me in a conversation I had with somebody the other day was finally considering he was also very involved in sports, helping us. Uh, he, he, no surprise, announced football games. He coached basketball. He would help coach baseball and he was always there. And my mom was always there and it didn't dawn on me until recently. They may not have known what they were doing. They may have had a firm grasp of the sport, but not how to coach it. 
nor did they anticipate how often they would have to be driving my brother and I in separate schedules to separate practices. Yeah. But they didn't belay any of that information. We didn't know. We never felt like it was a burden. And we never felt like they didn't want to be there. Even though I know for a fact they must have wanted to be elsewhere on a cold, rainy Saturday morning than sitting on very cold bleachers. But they were there. So that is what kind of really surprises me, is now understanding how much of himself he must have been willing to set aside as a priority so that we could live these lives. And even if we didn't love the particular thing, like you were saying, it all paid off in dividends. You know, he would, he would push us. And the story I told earlier was just one where he pushed me a little too far. But it all did pay off in dividends. So what would he think about my podcast? I can't think of a better way to tell you that than my brother doesn't listen to music. My brother doesn't listen to podcasts. My brother doesn't listen to audiobooks. When he drives places, he has movies downloaded on his phone and he listens to the audio of the movies over the radio, over the speakers. But when my podcast came out, he listened. And I didn't ever expect that he would. Never once did I think he would listen to an episode. Not only did he listen, he loves it. And he shared it. And he said specifically to me, thank you for telling people who dad was. Because so many people saw him as an assertive, aggressive asshole, frankly. But what they didn't understand was that he was a, an extremely loving father, an extremely dedicated husband, and if you gave him a chance, you would see that his frustrations and some of the anger that he had in the world was just because he was already like a freight train moving in a particular direction. Yeah. yeah. And if you weren't going that way with him, then you were unfortunately going to fall in his choppy wake. But it didn't mean that if you had a little bit of extra time with him, that you wouldn't just fall in love with him because he was yeah. charming. He was a charm bomb. So my brother having listened to the show, A, blew me away. And he's not like one of the best human beings on the planet as far as I'm concerned and an amazing uncle to my daughter. I got my answer right there. Do you think you and your brother will ever podcast together? I, <laughs> he's the first guest that I would want. Unfortunately, his schedule is very busy. Uh, he works for Ford as an engineer. So it's a little bit less, uh, our, our schedules aren't aligned as well. And when we do get together, generally, we like to prioritize just kind of family time. It's less, yeah. would you like to sit down and do this thing? He absolutely wants to, which is again, something that blew my mind, but it may be a little while. It will happen at some point. That's awesome. Well, and, and again, the content that you guys could tell that is legacy driven generational driven things like that hey let's save some more of this let's carry this conversation into part two yeah guys i got dug for two parts of the of this podcast we're gonna dive in more about it but before we get out of here today doug tell folks how they can find your podcast my dad i'm dad you can just search for that. Uh, any podcast platform that you choose, 
We also have, uh, sorry, any podcast platform that you choose, you can look for My Dad, I'm Dad. So My Dad, comma, I'm Dad. Spotify, Apple, Audible, it's on all of them. We also have a Facebook and an Instagram at MDIDpod. And I have a Gmail if you would like to send me a message, if you listen to the show and like it, or if you'd ever like to be a guest on mine, mdidpodcast at gmail.com. M-D-I-D podcast on Instagram, M-D-I-D podcast at gmail.com. Doug Dorda, I can't wait for the, I, I can't wait for the folks to hear more about your dad, your story, how it's all interwoven. This has been phenomenal. Thank you for joining me today on the Intentional Courage Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.